season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. the JKR podcast today we have Arkansas Sticks outfielder and second baseman Texarkana native and 2024 Arkansas baseball commit we got Brenton Clark on the podcast Brenton pumped to get you on the show man I know it's been a long time in the making how are you doing today doing good thank you for having me hey of course all right man so one question I do like to get started off with everybody I get on the podcast that question is for those who don't know you how would you introduce yourself who exactly is Brenton Clark? Uh, I would say Brenton is hardworking. He's really caring and he just, he's very passionate in what he does. I think he loves the game. He just wants to be a good person on and off the field. Okay. So how do you, how do you bring that passion to the baseball field? Uh, I'd say my energy, uh, want to make everyone better and just being a good teammate for everyone. Okay. And I, I mean, that's been proven again and again. I know when I've talked to coach Brewster, he said, obviously, when we were going through the list of guys we wanted to get on the Arkansas Sticks um, just interview series, we, we dug into each player a little bit. And he, he like you said, like he you said, you're a great teammate, um, great with all the great with all um, the other players on the sticks. So um, I guess you're, you're right there, um, he, he, like he said. But uh, digging into the Arkansas Sticks just a little bit, I'm um, kind of go through this, kind of go through uh, your relationship with Coach Brewster. Um, so when did you first get connected with the Arkansas Sticks? So I've. I used to play against Arkansas Sticks. So I played for Southern Athletics when I was younger. So I played against Arkansas Sticks kind of growing up. Uh, and then I think, I mean, we played against them and I uh, did really good a few times against them. And I would see them at the games. And, and then one day we, there was trans, like Southern Athletics were going from Southern Athletics to Sticks. And I went to like a tryout and Brewster knew my mom from like, my mom used to teach him in high school, actually. So he brought me aside. He like talked to me and he was just really nice. And I think we've had a good relationship from there, from okay. there on. So Southern athletics is based out of Texarkana. Yes, sir. With like Shane Halter and um, Frank Halter and all them, if I'm not wrong. Okay. So Southern athletic, I know, I know the sticks have been like these past couple of years adding different programs and just bringing in more teams. So Southern athletics was one of those teams. Yes, sir. Okay. So how long ago was that? Uh, goodness, probably, I would say like my, probably my seventh grade year, if I'm not wrong. So what, so what was the big difference that you saw when you were playing for Southern Athletics before this, before Coach Brewster and the Sticks came along um, to now, to where now you're playing with the Arkansas Sticks, uh, playing underneath Coach Brewster? I mean, I'd say in both programs, we had a bunch of good coaching, but I wouldn't say there was a ton of like differences. I mean, at a young age, there's obviously not going to be a ton of scouts they're watching and stuff. So, I mean, I thought they were both ran really well. And then now that they combined, I think, I mean, I think everything's running really well between the program and Arkansas Sticks. So when they did combine, did a lot of the coaches from Southern Athletics stay with that program and kind of become Sticks coaches at that point? Or um, did a lot of them move on and go to different programs and Sticks coaches kind of took over? I think, I think a lot of them st- stayed the same. I mean, I know Coach Shane, he's, he's now – I mean, he's on. He's a coach 
for the Arkansas Sticks. I think a lot of them stayed with Arkansas Sticks and just stuck with it, I guess. Okay. So are there are there guys who are, who played with you for Southern Athletics before the whole collaboration between the Sticks and Southern um, that are playing with you now? Or did a lot of them maybe stay on the second or third level of the age group uh, when it comes to team-wise? Um, a lot of them, I haven't played with any of them in a while, but a lot of them are on like the second and third uh, level. But I mean, I still stay in touch with a lot of them and we're still good friends in town. Okay. So obviously you've been part of the six program now for a while when they kind of collab with Southern athletics. So you've been, you've been a part of them now to where they've been evolved. They've been evolving these past couple of years, pretty heavily. Coach Bruce has been doing a great job. So what do you think, what do you think with you just being an insider, what has led to the, to the success of the Arkansas sticks? Gosh, I mean, coach Brewster first off is an amazing person. I mean, his connections are, I mean, through the roof. I mean, he's got, he knows everyone. I feel like, um, our coaching staff is amazing. And, I mean, just the players that he brings in to play, I mean, at such a high level in every tournament is, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, he brings in so much talent. And just to make, like, a powerhouse team, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, look at, I mean, look at that roster you guys took down to Jupiter. I mean, what was it like? Like, if you go down that roster, I mean, it's just like a Arkansas, 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 Maryland, Rutgers, Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, LSU with Kale. I mean, that, that TCU. I mean, that roster is just crazy. Like, if you had to put together, like, maybe a power rankings of just the commits that every travel ball team has in the country, I mean, I have to, the Arkansas Sticks have to be top 10. I mean, it's I crazy the amount of guys you guys have. Yes, sir. I agree with you 100%. I mean, it's, I mean, I think 27 of the 31 are committed power five if I'm not wrong on that roster could be wrong and the other ones could go power five but just haven't committed yet that's that's just correct I mean it's it's awesome I mean though whenever I whenever guy whenever people go to tournaments I'm sure if their kid's not playing I'm sure the Arkansas sticks are one of the teams that they have written down as a team they want to go watch just because of all you guys that are on that team but uh let's let's dig into that Jupiter tournament a little bit that you guys were at a couple years uh, a couple weeks ago um so kind of take us through what that was like for you um, I'd say it's super cool um, with me being one of the underclassmen guys there. I didn't play every game, but I mean, I come in and pinch run and I thought, I think I batted a little over 300. I mean, I thought, I thought I did my part when I was down there. I thought I kept the team up in the dugout and I, I thought I was a good player and I thought everything went well. What was that like watching Ty Wade just completely go off that week? Um, I mean, it was insane. I think, with us being good buddies, I mean, I stayed in the hotel with them. And I think every day I was like, hey, you're still number one on the hitting leaderboard. Just just letting you know. I mean, like, don't let it get to you, but just letting you know. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, he hit the ball. I mean, amazing. I mean, it was just one of those things. Yeah. So with you, I know you said that this past summer you kind of went back and forth from playing with the 23s and playing with the 24s. But what was that like in Jupiter? Be Like you said, you were one of the younger guys. So what was that pitching like? What was that competition like uh, just being one of those younger guys compared to um, some other guys on the team like Charlie, Ty, who are class of 23, the older group? Uh, what was that competition level like for you? Um, I, I mean, I thought it stayed the pretty, pretty much the same with me playing with them for most of the summer. A lot of the pitching was uh, on, like, on average harder than it has been. I mean, every dude we saw off like was at least 88. I mean, we faced – 
the number one player in the class of 2025. He pitched against us. Uh, Noah Franco? Noah. Noah pitched against us. It was in the stadium. It was us versus the Blue Jays scout. He pitched against us. I mean, he did he did really good. So, I mean, I mean, I thought it was – I thought it was pretty good competition. I mean, I wasn't complaining. Yeah. So did you get that chance to face to face Noah? I did not get to face Noah. Uh, I really wish I did, but I didn't get to face him. Okay. All right. So who's so playing travel while playing with the 24s, 23s, um, just who even playing in Arkansas, I mean, a great baseball state, who has been the toughest pitcher that you've ever faced? <clears throat> Ooh, off the top of my head, probably I, I faced some pretty good pitchers. I mean, I faced a few of my teammates, like Mark. Mark's really good. But I faced Brady Jones, who I think is like at Georgia Tech now. Maybe he's like 95, 96. I'm not for sure who the best would be. I'd have to think about that. Okay. So digging into, so you say Mark, your teammate. I'm assuming that's Mark Brissy, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So kind of take us through what that at-bat was like. And when next time that you face him, what is your approach as you go up and face Mark? Well, <laughs> First time I faced him, I'm not going to lie, it was a 1-1 one, one count, and I, I did strike out. But I think if I faced him again, I don't think I'd strike out. No, no I'm joking. But for real, he, uh, he's a really good pitcher. He uh, he filled up the – wait. He was actually at Arkansas and was in front of all their coaches, and he's, he just – I don't know. He diced me up. Yeah. So you, so you think that he's um... – one of the better better pitchers in the state of Arkansas. I, I think he's one of the better pitchers in the country. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll take. I mean, I'll take your word for that. I mean, he seems from all the stuff that I've seen, like the the quick little uh, Twitter videos that I see from uh, Perfect Game and PBR. I mean, he looks like he's a solid pitcher. Um, so yes, I'll take, I guess I'll take your word for it. But um, this past summer, transitioning from twenty threes to twenty fours um, on a weekly basis, what was that like? Uh, was there, I mean, I know you said the competition level kind of stayed the same at Jupiter, but what was that like this summer, just going back and forth from playing with the 2024s to the 2023s and that just alternating um, every once in a while this past summer? I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was really fun. I mean, both, both teams were, I mean, great guys, great coaching staffs on both of them. I thought the competition for the 23s was a little bit better than the 24s. But I thought I enjoyed both of them a lot because, I mean, either way, I knew I was going to go have a good time and compete. So I enjoyed both of them. All right, so digging in. So obviously playing for Coach Brewster in the Jupiter, I know you dig into it a little bit just um, about your relationship with Coach Brewster. But kind of take us through what was that like the first time you met him uh, and just kind of how your relationship with him has evolved um, over time, uh, just playing underneath him. Um, I feel like a lot of people would say when you first meet Coach Brewster, he comes off as a scary person. I mean, you've probably heard, I don't know if you've heard that before, but he kind of comes off as a scary person. But once you get to meet him, I mean, he's, he's a great guy. I mean, I was at his house the other day helping him with something since we live in the same town. I mean, I love coach Brewster. He's, he's phenomenal. I mean, I couldn't thank him enough for what he's done for me and my family. Yeah. I mean, he's special. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's done a lot of, he's done a lot of great things for all those play all, all you players with the sticks, but no, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I'm, I'm a bigger guy and people say I'm scary, but no, I was at, when I was at WWA this past, this past summer, didn't know who coach Brewster. I mean, I knew coach Brewster, like just because of like Instagram, seeing the Arkansas sticks, seeing his personal account, but I didn't know coach Brewster. And I was just going there, passing around business cards, trying to get people on the podcast 
And I was like, well, shoot, Coach Brewster would be a great guy to get on and talk about the sticks. So I'm like, all right, well, he's having the meeting with all Jace Blaylock, Charlie Carter, uh, Trip Landers. I think Josh Hyman was there too. I mean, that whole whole roster, having that little meeting, everyone starts walking away and I'm like, all right, well, here we go. Time, time, to, time to pitch the JKR podcast to him. And I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, like I was a little nervous. He's just with him being such a big name within baseball, was a little nervous. I, 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 I agree. He, he's a little bit of a scary guy at first, but no, he's great, great dude. Had a two-hour conversation with him probably two months ago now, and now, now we talk on the phone maybe once a week, just talking about um, different guys to get on the podcast and stuff. But no, he's great dude, and definitely, definitely not scary like, like at first, like I thought. I think he's, I think he's a little scary because of like how much power he has. Yes, very. Like rage in baseball. Like, he, I mean, he can't – I mean, he can do a lot for us and help us out, and I just don't think you want to get on the wrong foot with him. I think that's why a lot of people are scared of him, but he's he's a super nice guy. I mean, like I said, I can't thank him enough for what he's all done for me. I mean. So, with Coach Brewster, I'm sure Coach Landers, all the other coaches that are in the program, coaches who play – who were coaches at Southern, coaches in your high school, if you had to pick two to three guys who have been probably the most influential in your baseball career – who would those people be and what would be the reason for that? <clears throat> well, first off, I want to say my family. I mean, they've been huge, but in the base in the game of baseball, all my high school coach, Riley Fincher, um, I mean, he's taught me so much about the game that I thought I already knew, but I mean, he's he's definitely one of them. Um, my hitting coach, Tom Middlebrooks, he's definitely he's up there. And then I guess I mean, there's a lot of them. Goodness. I mean, Coach Cedric Harris, he's been great to me. Coach Brewster. I mean, there's quite a few few guys that have been there for me and helped me out a lot through my years. So who how did you get connected with Tom Middlebrooks? Um, so I've actually he's actually been my hitting coach since I was about six, seven, since I was about seven years old. So I've been going to him for about ten years now. And I mean, his son played for the Red Sox the Rangers, San Diego, uh, Will Motorbrooks. So, I mean, he's been great to me. He's been my head coach for a long time. So have you gotten a chance to meet Will? Because I assume when you said Tom Middlebrooks, like I kind of guessed it was made potentially somehow related to Will. But, no, have you gotten a chance to meet him? I Yes, sir. I've, I've met him. I think I've met him a few times. Let's see. I've met him. I've got his autograph. So I've went and watched him play a few times. I mean, he's – He's pretty nice. He's a really good guy. So when you're around a guy like Will Middlebrooks, who's been in the major leagues for quite a while, has seen some success, like you said, with the Red Sox, with a couple other teams he's played with, like what are some questions that potentially you're asking a guy like that, um, just picking their brain and kind of just getting some knowledge within the game of baseball? Well, the last time I was around him was probably when I was younger. So I wish I could see him now and pick his brain a little bit about the game. But if I had to be around him, I'd probably just ask him, I mean, what it was like and – I mean, everything that went on in the clubhouse and, like, what it takes. I mean, I mean, because he, he made it and had a pretty successful career for a while up there in the majors. And, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, digging, digging a little bit more into the Arkansas Sticks, obviously we've talked about all the commits you guys have, just how great your guys' team is. But who are some of the guys who maybe aren't committed or committed to some smaller schools that have maybe flown underneath the radar or just some guys that fans should be on the lookout for? Uh, when it comes to watching the Arkansas Sticks? On our team? 
Yeah, or your team, or if maybe potentially, I know Mark Brissy's a 25, some of the 25 guys. Um, just who are some of those guys to be on the lookout for? I mean, Jackson Privet, uh, big shout out to him. He's he's a pitcher, and he's he's committed to Euler, and I think, I mean, his stuff is nasty when he's on. I mean, he's really good. Uh, Eli Cresselius, he's under the radar. Luke Flanagan, um, let me think. Paxton Flag, there's a bunch of those guys here. Jackson Kircher, there's a bunch of those guys here. Uh, I think under the radar, and I think they deserve a lot. Yeah, and are those guys playing with the with the Brewster team or the top team at their age level, or some of those guys uh, in the second? Yes, they're playing at the top uh, level of their age group. Okay. They're, well, um, they're like 24s and 2025s. Okay, yeah. Um, so this, so with you being a 24, this upcoming summer, it's going to be going to be your last year playing travel ball going to be about to go move on to somewhere else um potentially arkansas potentially getting drafted who knows you still got a while before that actually happens but what are you looking forward to most for your last uh, summer of travel ball and maybe go through some of the memories that you just you that come to mind when you look back at your travel ball career um i would say i'm i'm looking forward to all the tournaments with the boys i mean it's one last summer um i'm really ready for the summer because i know i have a lot more to show to all the coaches and everyone else who like watches um gosh I mean all the times that the boys have hung out playing rides you know hanging out outside of baseball in hotel rooms I became good friends with a lot of them and uh I mean I think we're all gonna miss it but um, yeah I'm really ready for my last summer of travel ball so when you're when you're traveling when you're traveling to obviously Atlanta for Lake Point East Cobb Jupiter, just like a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure you've been to either Cary or Hoover as well. Um, with you being an architect, with you, actually, Texas, sorry, Texas. I always, I always like confused when it's Texarkana, like I can never remember if it's Texas or Arkansas. But with you being in Texas, like, do you, do you drive or do you fly to some of those places? So, Florida, always, I've always flown. Uh, Atlanta, I've, I've done both. Hoover, I normally drive. I feel like, I mean, we drive the most of the Atlanta tournaments. So I feel like unless it's like way out, like carry, we're supposed to get a carry this year. I think we'll fly for sure. And then Phoenix, I'm supposed to fly in January. So I feel like it's like 50, 50. It just depends where it's at. I mean, we're. Go ahead. I said, we normally, we'll normally drive if it's like Atlanta, like nine, 10 hours. So, I mean, it, it's whatever. And how far, how, so how far is Phoenix from where you're at in Texas? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea. I mean, I, I guess it's got to be a lot. Cause I mean, I didn't realize how big Texas was until I went there this past year, but like, I feel like what, it's gotta be like just seven hours to get to the other side of Texas where New Mexico's at. Am I wrong? No, you're right. It's like, it's, I mean, it's gotta be a lot, but if, for that Phoenix tournament, is that going to be MLK or what? what's going on in Phoenix? <laughs> MLK will be at the, Oh uh, gosh, we'll be at the White Sox, and if I'm not wrong, the dog now. Yep, White Sox. Yep, White Sox. There's facility out there. I can't wait to play on their field because you know it's dirt and grass. Nothing, nothing like a good dirt and grass field. So yeah, are you guys ready to the White Sox scout team again? Uh, I think that's the plan. I'm hoping we are. Okay. What was what was that like wearing those White Sox scout team jerseys this past a uh, couple weeks ago in Jupiter? It was amazing. I mean, I mean, whenever you. I mean, I've never like walked to a field not being dressed for a game for Brewster because he's come to the come to the like field being dressed and ready, 
in our, your uniform and there you just walk past security in your normal clothes, go to the locker room and change and get ready for BP and they're like, their BP facilities. I mean, it was insane. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. So do you think, so I've asked, I've asked all you guys ever since the Jupiter tournament, every guy I've had on who's been a part of that team, I've asked this question. Do you think there's an extra target on your back when you're wearing those White Sox jerseys? I do. Um, I mean, our consolation game, we didn't play too good in pool, so we got a consolation game. And we our schedule changed twice. Um, that was a team that wanted to play us. And we kept getting our changes, our, like, our schedule changed because they wanted to play us, and we, we played them, and we beat them pretty good. So that was good. But I feel like a lot of people, like, a lot more scouts and – coaches tend to watch because of like what we have on our chest yeah so you also got to be in that marlins dug that marlins clubhouse um for when you guys were in jupiter so what was that like obviously you mentioned the whole jersey thing like going to the field without your jersey on but besides that like w- did it live up to expectations being in a major league clubhouse uh, it 100 percent did i've i've never realized like how nice their facilities are i mean there's pro guys walking around in there and it was just normal I mean, they had speakers in there. I mean, it was so clean. I mean, everything was so nice. Yeah. So did you get the chance to talk to some of those Marlins players? Um, those Because I know, uh, I think it was Treg that said some of the, the Marlins players were down there rehabbing. So did you, did, you get, did you guys get the chance to talk to them a little bit and pick their brain? I, I didn't talk to any of them. I kind of like gave them a nod, you know, and said what's up to a few of them. I didn't want to be in their way while they're like rehabbing and stuff. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I saw Chisholm or, you know, the lefty? Yeah. I, th- I saw him walk by a few times. I mean, I didn't say hey to any of them. I didn't want to bother them because, you know, that's their place to stay away from the media and stuff. So I didn't really want to, you know, mess with them any. Yeah. So looking back at every place that you've played at, for, well, okay, first off, you guys mostly just play in the East Coast, right? So besides MLK and Phoenix, like have you guys gone out West much at all? Or for the most part, is it Atlanta, Jupiter, um, Cary, Hoover? <clears throat> Uh, yeah it's those places we normally don't go to the west coast other than phoenix i mean i guess if you count houston the west coast we went to houston once before so yeah we normally stay on the east coast uh yeah we normally stay on the east coast i'd say okay so i'm sure for you i'm sure you like when it's in houston because that's not that's not too far away from texarkana no it's not that far it's only like maybe four four and a half all right drive What's your favorite? I know people say Lake Point's amazing. People say Jupiter's awesome because of the Marlins Clubhouse and just everything. People say Phoenix or the places in Phoenix because of natural grass. What is your favorite place you've ever played at? God, travel. I, I really think nothing's like playing under the lights whenever you're at Lake Point. I'm a big Lake Point guy. I love it. But like people said, natural grass and Phoenix and Jupiter, West Palm. I mean, it's it's amazing. I'm I'm also really hyped to play in Cary. They're filled super nice, but yeah, there's nothing like playing on natural. But I'd have to go with Lake Point to okay. be honest. So have you have you been to Cary before? I haven't this summer. All right, because um, Cary's where that Cary's the USA Baseball, right? Yes, sir. That's what I thought. Yeah, because I'm so obviously with me being an agent, trying to become an agent here in about a year and a half, two years after graduation. Like I've been trying to travel a lot and see lot more travel events and stuff like that. I went to East Cobb this past uh, summer, like I said, mentioned for the WWBA, but no, I'm, I, I'm trying to get a feel on who, what people like the best, just to know what to look forward to. I know I'll be at the, I'll be at the futures games this next summer. Cause like I said, I'm working for PBR Indiana 
and they're sending me out there to go interview some guys. So I'm look, I'm hundred percent looking forward to seeing Lake Point. Um, Cause I mean, you're not, the, you're not the only guy to say that Lake Point's awesome. I know everyone I ask says Lake Point's way better than East Cobb and just, it's amazing. I like Lake Point better than East Cobb. East Cobb's kind of like I'm like trapped in pretty hot with the trees. Lake Point just, it's open. I mean, you can see a little bit of mountains. I feel like the ball just flies pre-sunsets. It's yeah. feels good there. I love it. What what concession stands better? I know East. I mean, when I was at East Cobb, I feel I felt like I was eating there every day. So what's better Man. when it comes to that? <laughs> I don't know that. Dang, that's a hard one to be honest with you. I've had I've had good food from both of them, so I'll just fifty fifty on that. Okay. I don't know. All right, all right. I'll, okay. Well, I guess I'll have to look forward to that Lake Point food then too. All right, so moving away from the Arkansas sticks and travel ball just a little bit, let's go ahead and move into high school ball a little a little bit. I know you guys won the state championship. I think it was last year. I know Texas high school baseball is just absolutely amazing. Probably, I tell everybody, I think Texas is probably one, one if not the best high school baseball state in the United States. Um, so let's just dig into it a little bit. Kind of take us through what that was like uh, last year when you guys were um, in the state championship and had that state championship run. So it was, it was actually the year before last. It was oh, my okay. Fresh- All right. Yes, sir. So it was my freshman year. And um, I don't know, early in the year, everything just seemed like it was a little rocky. And towards the end of district, I mean, I would say we weren't the most talented team in our state, like in the state that year. But I think we got hot at the right time. And we we rode that. So we got hot at the right time. And we – we just figured out a way to win games. And I mean, it was so fun because with me being young, everyone started believing in me. And it was just, I mean, it was surreal when we, we won. It was crazy. Yeah. So being in Texas, obviously you're a great ball player, being a power five commit to one of the best baseball programs in the country. Like when you're playing Texas high school baseball, like do the majority of power five commits still usually get a lot of playing time? Or does do you ha- do you still have to work your way quite a bit to become a, come a, full-time player even with you being the type of ball player you are I mean I would say I would say most of them still still play a lot but I mean it's not like I mean we're just like normal people I mean I would say I mean you still have to work for it it's not like it's just given to you um I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's it's given to you at all I think you still have to you still have to work hard for sure I mean it's not like it's just here's your spot you know yeah I know here here in Indiana, obviously, Indiana baseball isn't as good as Texas and Florida and Georgia. I mean, they're on the come up, though. That 24 class, your guys' class, is going to be – the 24 class in Indiana is legit. Like, be on the lookout for them. But, no, um, if, you're a, if you're a power five commit in Indiana, like, you're definitely hitting middle of the lineup or your ace, even, even if you're a freshman um, here in Indiana. So, I'm just curious what, what that was like in Texas. But <coughs> – when you're with you being an underclassman, just finishing your sophomore year last year, um, last spring, um, what would you say would be more tougher facing that Texas high school competition or when you're playing travel ball, when you're facing your age group or even that age group ahead of you, um, what would you say would be tougher? So I would say that facing that age group ahead of me in travel ball would probably be the hardest thing, but my, my district. So we have district. A lot of people have like, uh, I don't know, like, not region, but like our district with our teams in it, is we have a lefty who throws 95. So actually, he's probably one of the better pitchers I face too. Now that I think about it, so we have a lefty who throws like he's topped out like 95 Jackson or so. So I mean, I'd still say it's super hard. I mean, 
a lot of the guys we face, I mean, with us, with my high school being one of the better schools and kind of the, I guess you could say a powerhouse in the past. And now I feel like we always get the guys ace on uh, for district games. And, and there's some good pitching. I mean, I'm facing 85 every week, at least if I'm not wrong. And I mean, that one guy's throwing 95 from the left side. So it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that guy who's throwing 95 from the left side, is he committed anywhere? He's committed to A&M. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Pleasant Grove was kind of a powerhouse. So what do you think with you being there playing two seasons there now, what do you think has led to just the success and just the, just the com- competitive level that Pleasant Grove has been on um, in the past? I mean, uh, it all started with Craig Jones back in 2010 and 12. We won state championship with Michael Walker, Lucas Walker, who's now my trainer, who I work out with. And then now Riley Fincher, I mean, Riley Fincher got national coach of the year my freshman year when we won state. I mean, he's a great coach, great mentor. I mean, he's just a great person. I look up to him. Uh, I mean, he's he's led us there. I mean, he's not going to let us do anything wrong. And if we do, I mean, he's going to he's gonna get it right. So, I mean, he's, he's a great coach. Yeah. So, you mentioned Lucas Walker there. I know someone in the past has told me that he's a, he's a pitching trainer, correct? Um, I think that's – I don't think he's a pitching coach. I think you're thinking of Welch. Okay. I know, like, I mean, I mean, I've, I, I hear I, – I talk to so many people now, like, to where some of the names that people bring up, it's just like, oh, I, okay, well, he's a pitching coach. Oh, never mind, he's, he's not. But, no. So, how did you get connected with Waka, and what are some things that you guys like to focus on and put an emphasis on? So, we work out in a group. It's like me, Spencer, who you had, Luke, who you had, uh, Hudson, Davis – who you had his older brother, Logan Davis, on. Uh, we all work out together. Hopefully I'm not missing anyone, but we all work out together. We work on, like, agility, speed stuff, just to get stronger, better. Uh, but I met him. I've known him for a while because his brother, him and his brother, like, growing up, I looked up to them because they won state championships, like, back-to-back whenever they were in high school for baseball. So I looked up to them growing up and now – he was my coach in seventh grade, and then so he's doing good where he's at now. But yeah, I met him through that. Okay, so are is he located in Texarkana or is he located somewhere else? He's located in Texarkana, Arkansas. Okay, so okay, so even so, to take us through what's for Texarkana. Obviously, Texas. There's a Texas part, Arkansas part. Uh, what's the difference there? Obviously, with you being the Texas side, I'm gonna go ahead and assume you kind of have a bias towards Texas a little bit. But no, what's what's Texarkana like, and what's what's that difference between um, when you cross the state line? Well, actually, I take that back. He's on the Texarkana, Texas side. Now that I think about it, he's really he's down. He's like downtown. We have a thing called State Line. That's a building, and there's Texas on one side. It's like in the middle of a road, and there's Texas on one side, and Arkansas on another side. And he's he's like right on the border of that, but he's over on the Texas side. And I mean, it's a fun town. There's not a ton of stuff to do, I guess you could say. I mean, that's probably because I live here and I've, you know, but I mean, it's pretty fun, I'd say. And there's a lot of things to do. So when you're on the, when you're on the Arkansas side compared to the Texas side and vice versa, like, can you actually tell like what side you're on? Like, is there different vibes to each part or for the most part is Texarkana kind of the same? I think, I think the Texas side's more fun. I would, I would say the Texas side's more fun for sure. Uh, I feel like it does give off a little bit of a different vibe. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's more stuff to do on the Texas side. 
there's more skulls, uh, football games are super fun, but there's, yeah, I'll say there's more stuff to do on the Texas Texas side. Okay. So for, for Texas, obviously Texas high school football, Friday night lights, huge thing. Everyone in the United States knows Texas high school football is number one. Like there's, there's no comparison like baseball where Texas is kind of in the mix for the top, but no, for Texas high school football, everyone knows that's number one. Um, so for in Texarkana, like, are you guys facing all Texas schools being from the Texas side, or do you guys go and face Texarkana, Arkansas schools as well? Uh, we haven't, we don't face any Texarkana, Arkansas schools, but I mean, Texas football, I feel like, I feel like in Texas football, I feel like a school is known for whether they're good at football or not. I mean, we're ranked number three and four A. So, I mean, we're pretty good. And I mean, we'll play schools in Louisiana and out of state occasionally like preseason games so i mean our schedule is pretty loaded i'd say so foray so in texas how does that work like how many how many regions are there not regions but how many uh class sizes are there so there's six class sizes there's two divisions in each class so foray division one and two there's four regions in ours so but baseball it's 4A. It's all of 4A. It's not, there's like a state champion isn't division one or division two. It's all of 4A. Okay. So division one, division two, does that work by like competitive level or is that like, um, how many people you have in your school? Okay. So technically there, so you said there's six classes. So technically, does that mean there's 12? If you go like 1A division one, 1A division two? Well, theoretically, yes, sir. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of classes. We a only- division would be the biggest. What was that? 6A Division One would be the biggest with like Allen. Okay. So in Texas, I know um, you guys have like a, a class period throughout the day where you actually get to train for your sport. So kind of take us through what that average school day looks like on a game day or even on a practice day in the spring, um, just being able to go and kind of miss class for a little bit and actually get to go train. So I have, I have four class periods. Wait. Yeah, no, I have five class periods and then I have athletics. So since we have athletics in the middle of the day, it's technically during our lunch period. And we have three lunches, so 30 minutes per lunch. So I'm working out for about an hour, and then I have lunch for 30 minutes. So typically, I feel like on a game day, we'll go in there and hit, like just take a few like rounds of BP. But then on normal practice day, like we'll do base running, ground balls. I mean, it's super good because, I mean, I feel like you can work on extra stuff that, a lot of people can't do like during the middle of the day. I mean, you can, I feel like you're getting a jump start, take a break from school, get your mind off of working on tests and everything. Yeah. So at Pleasant Grove, um, obviously you said you guys have been a powerhouse in the past, but you guys had a good year two years ago when you won the state championship. What's the outlook on this upcoming season? Are there a couple guys who we should be on the lookout for besides yourself? Uh, what What's your guys' plan this year as you head into your junior spring? So we have a, I mean, we have a great coaching staff to start off with. Um, J.M. Long, he's committed to Texas Tech. Spencer Browning committed to Arkansas. So, I mean, we have the position players. Um, our pitchers are young. I mean, we have a bunch of underclassmen like Luke Flanagan. We have a bunch of guys who are going to have to step up because in the past we've been a little bit older with the junior, a lot of juniors and seniors. And, I mean, I feel like everything's turned over now, and now we're – going to have to rely on a bunch of younger guys, a bunch of sophomores and freshmen behind a bunch of like leaders of the upperclassmen that we have very few of. 
So what what are you expecting out of your future Arkansas Razorback teammate and freshman Spencer Browning? Gosh, I mean, he's a great kid. Um, I mean, I feel like he asked he asked a lot of questions. He wants to he wants to do right. He's a great kid. Um, I mean, he's unbelievably talented. Uh, I think he's going to produce a lot for us, and I expect him to produce a lot for us. And I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah. So with you guys, he's I believe he's an outfielder, correct? Uh, he I mean, he's listed as a shortstop. But I think it's the next level. Like I, I think he'll play outfield. Okay. So with you guys kind of playing the same position and you being a couple years older, are you the type of guy that kind of want to take him underneath your wing, or do you kind of just want to like lead him in a different direction, like lead him, but not kind of like take him under your wing? Um, I'm. A, I think I'm 100% gonna take him under my wing. Um, just because we same play the same position and he's younger, it's not like I'm like, oh, hey, I want to be this position. I'm not gonna let you have. It. It's more so I want to do what's best for our team. And, I mean, whatever it takes to win, I know we're both going to produce, and it's just wherever our cards fit right. Yeah. So talking about Spencer Browning, talking about uh, Arkansas in general, let's dig into the recruiting process just a little bit, kind of how you got there, why you chose Arkansas. Um, so kind of take us through when did that recruiting process kind of get started for you, and when did some Division One teams start reaching out? So my eighth grade year, uh, I remember I was sitting in class, and. I was in English class, a reading class. Coach Brewster texts me and says, call this person. And I look at the contact, and it was, it was like, I think Sam Houston State. And I was super excited. Uh, I mean, I was, I was super pumped. I went home. I called them, and from there on, I just, I, I don't know, I feel like the better I did on the field, the more, pe- the more calls, like, I started talking to more people. So it was just super fun to, like, you dream of that as a kid, and then, you know, then it actually starts like happening. I mean, which means, I mean, now that doesn't mean I can't just stop working hard, but I mean, I think it was super cool to like finally realize like a part of my dream had came, like came true. So I think after my freshman year, we were in a turn, we had a tournament and I did really good. And I got a, I like had to call Arkansas. I called him for the first time. I had a great relationship with uh, coach Nate Thompson from the get go. Uh, he's a great guy. And then let's see, August, August of before going into my sophomore year, I went up for a camp and they really liked me. I talked to them after I went up and toured the baseball facility. Uh, he said he would talk to me like later about having an offer like the next day. Cause after we went home and the next day he offered me, I, verbally committed on the spot and I just I love what they're doing in Fayetteville and the coaching staff and it's just I think it's a great fit yeah I mean they just put 35 million dollars into their training facility as well so I mean they're doing something right <laughs> it's a great great program there but, beautiful so to go digging into that Sam Houston State call just a little bit more when exactly was that and kind of take us through like what was what was that maybe a little anxious feeling like when you're you get a text midday at school to go call this coach after school like what are you thinking in your mind before the phone call uh, I was super nervous I didn't like I had to ask I was asking Bruce I was like so what should I expect and I, gosh I can't even tell you when it was to be honest with you uh but I mean I remember it was like 7 or 8 p.m it was dark my, my house doesn't have great service. So I went up to the school. I was pacing back and forth in the parking lot and I was super nervous. I mean, it went well, but then more schools started coming like Texas and it just, I mean, it, 
it just almost felt like I was living in a dream. I mean, it was great. So when you're having some of those initial conversations with Sam Houston, uh, with Texas, uh, potentially some of those other schools that you didn't mention, but when you're having some of those initial conversations, what are some questions that they're asking you and kind of how do those phone calls generally go um, just kind of from start to finish? So a few of them, I mean, a few coaches want to like more so build a relationship with you. And then some of them are just like straight, like strictly business. And I mean, I fuck coach Nate Thompson did a, great job of like building a relationship with me and asking how my family was doing but also keeping it equal with like baseball and I mean I feel like I tended to like the coaches more that wanted to not just be about baseball and like have a little bit to do with like me and my family and ask how like my daily life was going yeah so how so after that Sam Houston State call how long was it until other other teams started reaching out to you and you started having more phone calls? Um, it was, I mean, it was kind of like throughout like monthly, a few colleges like like Houston, Oklahoma State, Euler. Just, uh, I feel like it was just like periodically uh, different colleges would like hit Coach Brewster up, I guess. So I know you said that you committed to Arkansas on the spot, but were there some other teams that before you got that offer that you were potentially thinking of, okay, like I think I could potentially see myself there. Like were there a couple of teams that finished second and third in the process? Oh, yes, sir. So I I toured actually the day after the day after I called uh, the day after I called Arkansas. No, the day of me calling Arkansas, I actually toured A&M. So I was coming up from Louisiana. We went and played in Louisiana, and I was going back to a Rangers game, so we circled through Houston and stopped in uh, Aggieland. So I toured it. I really liked A&M. And then Oklahoma State, uh, the week after I went to the Arkansas camp, I was supposed to go to Oklahoma State's camp. And I heard rumors that they were supposed to offer me as well, but I never got to go because I committed. Okay, so if you were going to go ahead and obviously, like you said, you committed on the spot to Arkansas. If you would go ahead and just kind of compare Arkansas to Texas, uh, Texas, sorry, Texas A&M, um, and just kind of what the pros and, con- pros and cons were of both those organizations, uh, what do you think, <coughs> what, what would have been those comparisons? I feel like there was, I mean, there was a few differences, but I feel like both of them felt like home. Um, I mean, both of them felt like a good place to live. I mean, I liked everything. I liked everything there. I mean, the ballpark's both grass and dirt. Uh, I mean, A&M's a little bigger than Fayetteville is. Uh, prices are probably a little different. So I thought, I mean, overall, Arkansas was just, I thought was just better. I mean, their facilities were way better. I like their campus more. I mean, the field was better. Yeah. I mean, for the for the most part, like if you're if you're going to SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve. I mean, all like those Power Five programs. I mean, they, they all have great stuff. They all have great stuff about them. It's kind of just like those little, those little little things that kind of just put those put those schools ahead. Uh, but what? So besides the facility and besides the relationship with the coaches at Arkansas, what were some of those little things that you think just put put them ahead? I mean, I feel like whenever you, whenever you go somewhere and you feel like you know it's home. I mean, like Fayetteville, like I said, it just felt like home. It's it's closer. It's also closer to my home. Um, I know a lot of people up there. I mean, it's in a great location. It's, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I couldn't go wrong with Arkansas at Fayetteville. Yeah. So being in Texarkana, how far is Fayetteville from where you're at? 
about four hours, four hours, 15. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad at all. I mean, that's, a, that's an easy weekend trip for, for your parents to go out and watch you play here in a couple of years. Yes, sir. <laughs> but no, um, obviously you have a couple, you, you have some great relationship with some Ar- with Arkansas commits, obviously Browning, Mark Brissy, um, some of the 23 guys like Ty Wade, I'm sure Nolan Souza as well. Um, but what are some of those relationships you have with the Razorback commits, even potentially guys who aren't on the sticks? Um, I mean, with start starting with Ty Wade, I mean, out occasionally. Nolan Souza, I mean, I think the first time I met him, I was thinking Aloha, you know, Hawaii. I wasn't, I mean, I didn't realize that, like, he was just the same as me. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I've grown a lot of close relationships with, like, Cade Smith, uh, Gideon Motes, Lawson Ward's one of my best friends. Uh, I mean, Mark Brissy's also one of my best friends. I stayed with him for a few days while I was in Jupiter because I needed a place to stay. So, I mean, a lot of them have been good to me. And, I mean, there's they're overall, there's all great people. Yeah. So, you mentioned, like, the, the whole aloha when you met Nolan. Um, when you're playing with all those guys who are from – I mean, obviously, when you're playing with all these guys who are from different parts of the country, like Treg being from Arizona, all the guys in Arkansas, guys in Texas – um, I, I know the sticks have put guys from all over the country. So do you like ever get kind of like a culture shock in a way when you're meeting a guy who's from like the complete opposite side of the country than you? I mean, I would like to think so. I feel like I pick their brain and ask a lot of questions because I feel like when I get older, I want to, I want to travel and go see those places. I mean, we have a kid named Tommy from New York and I mean, I hang out with him quite a bit whenever we're at tournaments and I mean, his voice is, completely different from the southern I'm used to down in Texas and Arkansas and then Treg I pick his brain about Arizona all the time I've became really close with him and I mean it's not too much of a culture shock I'd say I feel like everyone's just I mean we're pretty much all southern yeah you're not you're not the only one to to talk about uh the whole Hawaiian thing with Nolan Sousa I know uh Ethan Sutton when he came on the podcast he was talking about how can't remember what exactly it was, but he said something like about Aloha as well. And like, Hey, can you do the, the whole Honolulu dance or something like that? Like, <laughs> no, like I, I was expecting the same when I, cause when I interviewed him, I was expecting him to, I don't know, have, I guess have a Hawaiian accent if that's a thing. Like I was expecting something different, but yeah, I was, I was I talking to him. Like you would have thought, never thought that he was from Hawaii, but um, so this past, this past year with you being a junior, when September 1st hit, you kind of got the opportunity to talk to the coaches a little bit more. You guys can call each other at any time. Um, so how has that helped your guys' relationship? I'm sure with Coach Van Horn, some of the other coaches on the, the Arkansas Razorbacks. So the, obviously I was pretty anxious uh, whenever September 1st came. I was waiting on the day for a while. Um, I remember the day went by, no text. I was like, goodness, I was like, this sucks. And then I was driving to workouts and uh, Coach Nate Thompson called. And I talked to him for a while. And, I mean, I feel like from from there on out, I feel like we've had a better relationship because now if I need anything, I can text him. And I feel like uh, we've grown, like, more on a personal level. I mean, we're not just – like I said, we're not just talking about baseball. I can talk to him about family, uh, just ask how everything's going outside of baseball and baseball. And it's just been really good. Yeah. So before that September 1st deadline, how how did you guys go about kind of getting in contact with each other? So I would typically just text them. Like I try to call them every two weeks, but that doesn't always work out. So I'd probably just call them like every once in a while, I guess every two weeks to a month. And 
I would just text him be like, hey, I'm I was going to call soon or I'm going to call soon or whatever. And then I'd eventually like that night I'd call him and if he didn't answer, I'd call him the next day and just went, went from there on out since he couldn't text me back or anything. With baseball, it's so tough that they, they still have that September 1st deadline on it because obviously football, basketball, like there's a lot of guys who don't commit until they're junior seniors in high school. But for baseball, when there's so many guys, I mean, hell, I, mean, I think there was a class of 2000, 2027 that committed a couple, like a couple days ago. Like when there's, ba- when it's baseball and there's so many guys that commit so early, like it's so tough to have that September 1st deadline on it. But uh you're listed as digging into kind of like you're on the field play a little bit. You're listed as an outfielder, second baseman. Um, when you do head to college, like, have you thought about it or talked with coach Van Horn or coach Thompson about maybe what the plan is um, as you head to the next level? I have not. Uh, I mean, I would say I could go either way. I feel like I'm very comfortable in the outfield. I'm pretty fast. I'd say I'm really fast. And then I feel like I've really good quick hands, pretty smooth. So I feel like I could go either way as infield or outfield, really whatever they need me. So at this point, playing high school ball, playing with Coach Brewster at both levels, 2023s and the 2024s, what position are you playing the most? Uh, I'd probably say center field or somewhere in the outfield. So with with, with, with you playing different positions, all the um, different games, like what is your approach as you kind of play? Like is, is it – weird on a day-to-day basis kind of playing different positions like is there a different mindset you have when you're playing second base compared to when you're playing center right or left field uh, I wouldn't say it's a I mean it's a little different mindset because you have to know what's going on but I mean I normally just bring both gloves I mean I have a few gloves two or three I normally just bring but all my gloves and whatever he tells me to play I play I mean in Jupiter that was one time I was playing left field if I'm not wrong in the fourth inning, he was like, hey, you're moving to second. And I was like, all right, sounds good. So just went with it. So when, so if when before the game start and you're starting that game, like when do you generally find out what position you're going to be playing that day? Well, with me, the few like utility players who can play multiple positions in a game, I feel like, because uh, a lot of times everything stays the same. But I, So I normally ask them like prior to, I'm like, hey, which glove do I need? Just so I know whether I play or not so I can be ready for when I do get my name called to go in with yeah. me being like a classman. Yeah, I, I remember back when I, when I was the younger guy, like on the high school team, like I was either first baseman DH or like left field because I was just a bigger guy. And like I always, I always hate like that anxious feeling like before the game, like before he puts up the lineup card, like not knowing what position I'm going to be that game. But no, I, I was I was always curious just what, what people think. But to get into the other side of the uh, other side of the ball, when you're in the batter's box, kind of take us through what your approach is. Kind of you're walking up to the batter's box, uh, facing righty lefty. If there's a different approach there, um, kind of take us through what's going through your mind. Um, I'd say I'm thinking stay aggressive, not not get too big, just stay calm. Uh, I probably I'd say I start slightly open, not too much. I take a little step, not a big step. I uh, try not to wrap my hands. I keep my hands back. Try getting my hips moving, uh, whether it's a strike a ball, whether I swing. Um, just get my hands to the ball, not to the ball, hit it wherever it's pitched. I'd say I, well, I like swinging it. I mean, if it's OO and he throws something in the zone and I'm I'm sitting on that pitch, um, I want to crush it. Yeah. So normally I'm sitting fastball just depending, especially if someone's throwing harder and they want to gas it up just depending on like, I mean, high school, we have a chart and I know what for like the last two years, if we're in the same age group, I know what this guy's thrown to me 
every time if he's ever faced me. So typically I'll know what to sit on and like percentage wise. So. Yeah, so what, are you, are you one of those type of guys that when you get two strikes on you, you kind of change your pro- approach a little bit, or do you kind of have I, the same approach no matter what the count is? I would say my mindset's still the same, but I, I cause I'm always not like to get too big, but I do change a little bit. I get, I get a little wider base and I take more of like a jab, jab step almost. And like kind of keep my, my heel in the ground and just get like, uh, how do you say it? Like kind of, I don't know, like I, like my back foot's down and then my front foot, my toes on the ground. And I just like, I don't know, thrust them through like with my hips okay. and get a lot of power, but also stay like small and compact to get to the ball. So I don't, you know, get too big in those type of counts. So if you had to dig into like the mechanics of your swing, just from start to finish, what would that be? Um, just kind of take us through what, what overall, just what your mechanics are of your swing. Oh uh, gosh. I would say just, um, I don't know. I keep my hands back. I keep my hands back behind my ear. Don't get them too high so I don't dip, drop the, uh, drop my barrel. I try getting knobs the ball so I don't roll over. I can stay through it, kind of like I'm throwing a frisbee with my front leading hand. Um, gosh, I feel like I I drop my backside a little bit, but I still am able to get my hands back through the ball to create backspin and hit a good hard line drive. So if you were if you were a scout watching your game, what would be your personal scouting report on yourself? I'd I'd have to say that I feel like I bring a lot of energy to the game. I keep everyone up. Um, I'm very talkative. I'm always saying something, whether I'm playing, whatever position I'm at. Um, I keep everyone in the game. Um, I feel like I'm a great teammate. Very fast. Um, I'm not lazy. I'm, I mean, if it's a ground ball, I'm running it out. Uh, just try to be the best team I can be. Okay. So obviously you have about a year and a half before you head to Fayetteville, go play for coach Van Horn there in Arkansas. But if you had to dig through your game and kind of pick out a few couple things that you need to work on the most, what would those couple things be? Just staying consistent. I mean, I feel like baseball's being as consistent as you can be. I mean, the more consistent you are, the better you are. I feel like I need to get more consistent on the middle side of the game and just, I mean, I, don't, I feel like I normally don't let things get to my head, but just know that I'm not always going to be perfect, and that's going to have to be okay with me. Uh, I feel like I need to be a little smarter smarter when I'm at the plate and not get too big. Like I said, sometimes I tend to get a little big when I think when I think I know I can, like, try hitting a home run or anything. I think I just need to stay simple and uh, just be the best version of myself at the plate. So moving away from the baseball field just a little bit, like I said, I kind of like to end off the podcast talking about some stuff off the field. Um, so moving on to just what are, what are some of your passions beyond the baseball field? When you're not playing baseball, you're not watching baseball, you're just, let's just say you're bumming around Texarkana. Like what what are some of your favorite things to do and some of your passions? Uh, I feel like I, I mean, I play golf with my buddy Luke a lot. We play all the time. I work out with my friends. Uh, hang out with my friends. I mean, like I said, there's, I feel like there's not a lot of ton to do in Texarkana since I've been around so long in Texarkana. So I'd probably say I play golf the most. Okay. So when I was growing up, people always told me that playing golf kind of messes with your swing. Do you think that's kind of a myth? So I actually, I had a baseball, I'm left hand, but for golf, I golf right. So I don't mess my swing. So, 
Okay, yeah, that's, I guess that's that's perfect then. You don't have to worry about that at all. No, sir. I normally I normally don't worry about it. I normally just it doesn't it doesn't mess with my swing at all actually because like they're total opposites. Yeah. So do, if you've ever talked to anybody about like if if they're a righty who swings righty for both or a lefty that swings lefty for both, do you think it could potentially mess that up, or do you think that's just something that people that people tell kids just so they don't play golf? So I have a few buddies that told me that like it messed their swing up, but then I've also had a few buddies who like it's helped them. So I'm not for sure. I actually used to golf left-handed and it, it didn't, I mean, it didn't really work out for me on the baseball side of things. It really messed my swing up, but okay. that was just me. Yeah. I mean, I, I always stayed away from golf because people told me that like, Hey, it's going to mess up your swing. Don't go golfing. Well, I mean, now that I don't play baseball anymore, like you can tell I've never golfed before really. Like I I'm <laughs> terrible at golf. Like if you, if you ever going to see someone like be crappy golfer, I mean, that, that's me. I, I usually go and mess around on the golf cart more than I actually hit the ball, but no, it's, I've always, never mind. but no. Um, so three, three more questions here before we end it off. Um, I'm kind of been adding these couple more questions, kind of just digging into more of the personal side of things um, as I keep going with the podcast. So um, as, as you continue on with your career, continue on with life with beyond baseball, um, what is it that motivates you the most kind of just to get, um, get up every day, kind of go win the day? Um, I mean, I would just say, honestly, I'd say my grandma, I mean, she's probably my, she's my biggest inspiration. I mean, I, I want to be like her. She's a great person. She's probably my why and why I want to succeed. I mean, she's the reason I'd say I'd, I want to be like who I am. I mean, I just want to be good for her and for my family and for God. Yeah. So is she, is she located in, in Texarkana? She is. She has a house like right beside our house and she's super, super close to my family and we hang out all the time. Yeah. Texarkana, Texas or Texarkana, Arkansas? Texarkana, Texas. All right. So that's going to be the better part, right? If I had to go root for one side, it's got to be Texarkana, Texas. 100%. Yes, sir. All right. So two more questions here. So 20 years down the road, you're 30, what, 30, going to be 37? You're 17 now, right? You said? Yes, sir. All right. So you're 37 years old. Everything goes right in life. What is going to be your perfect picture of your life? Everything going right. Hopefully, hopefully I'm in MLB. Hopefully I'm still, I have a, a good family, a great family. I hope I have a good amount of money to live off of. Uh, hopefully I'm close to retiring. If that's the route I choose, hopefully I'm just, I don't know, hopefully I'm still like a little kid, um, hanging out with my friends, I guess, being a good dad and just playing golf, you know, trying to teach kids live, the game live, of baseball. Living in Texas? Go, sorry, what was that? I said, hopefully I'm just trying to be like a good person, good dad, and teach kids, you know, yeah. the so way of life. You're going to be living in Texas, you're going to be living somewhere else, and go give another another state a chance. <clears throat> God, I don't know. I always say I'm not going to, like, come back and live in Texas, but, I mean, you never know. I might give another state a chance. Yeah. It's um, it's a. I mean, Texas is a cool state. Like I, I as as I continue as I get like closer and closer to graduation, to where like you're looking into whether or not you want to go back uh, to wherever you're from or want to go somewhere else. Like Texas is a place I've always been kind of like looking into. Went there for like a week this past spring. I mean, it was cool. Like everyone wearing cowboy hats. I went to Fort Worth and watched the rodeo. Like it, Texas, Texas is a cool place. But no, um, to that last question. So obviously, when you head to Fayetteville. You're going to get that chance to do some name, image, and likeness stuff, do some endorsements, do some collaborations with different brands. If you could endorse any brand, what would that be and what would be the reason for it? So, I mean, 
I'll say I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Nike on the baseball side of thing just because I'm very comfortable with their cleats. It's from my high school to wear. We're kind of sponsored by them, but outside of baseball, I probably have to go with like Lululemon or Vineyard Vine just because I wear Vineyard Vine a lot, and Lulu's got the best shorts out there. So yeah. Well, like I said, you're not the, you're definitely not the only person to say Lululemon. I mean, I know Connor Nolan, Trip Landers. I mean, I've had a bunch of guys say Lululemon. So I always tell them I'm going to have to go try it out. I haven't had that chance yet. Lululemon isn't that big in Indiana, but I might have to show order, order something online because everyone's telling me how comfy it is. But um, order some. Yeah. So, okay, last question. I know I said the last one was, but with you in Texarkana, not far from Houston, what's your prediction here for the rest of the World Series? You, you an Astro fan? So I'm not uh, completely an Astro fan, but – so I'm, I'm actually good with either one who wins. So Bryce Harper, I love him. I mean, I mean, he's a, I mean, the way he plays the game hard is amazing. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like him, but, I mean, he he's like a little kid. He just enjoys what he does so much. And the Strohs are from Texas. So I guess I'm going to root for the Strohs on this one. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm Phillies all the way. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping – Hopefully, if they win, hopefully I get to go and go to the World Series parade in Philly or something. But no, Kyle Schwarber is an Indiana guy. Went to play for the Cubs, my favorite team. So I'm hoping he gets that second ring. Hopefully, he goes and shocks the world here these next couple of games. But, yes, uh, sir. No man, uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I know, like I said, it's been a, a bit in the works for a while. I know you've been following the podcast for a little bit, so I really appreciate that. Uh, just want to thank you for coming on the show. Best of luck. Um, here your junior senior year um, next summer ball season uh, when you head to Fayetteville and just the rest of your career hopefully that perfect picture in 20 years ends up um, the way that you said when you're playing pro ball um, I'll definitely be go watching you play a little bit gonna get you some podcast merch here in the future at some point um, like I said got got some more merch coming on the way so you'll definitely be one of the recipients of of that J Care podcast shirt and get to wear it on your chest but no man uh, like I said just thanks for coming on the show I appreciate you. Thank you for having me.